0: Coming to you from the lovely city of LaGrange, this is Panther Talk, your weekly dose of world news, trivia, and campus updates. I'm Aria Mabry, and here with me is
1: Trip Floyd. Thanks, Aria. We have a wonderful show coming up for you, including info and updates on LaGrange sports, sea events, college happenings, and an interview with Dr. Anthony Wilson.
0: Woo-woo. So, how about winter break coming up?
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) I need it. I'm so ready. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um... What is it? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Yeah. Those four days? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going home. i I'm I'd going have home. I haven't been home since I got back. Oh, yeah. You said that last time. Yeah. Um, you hadn't left since you got back.
0: so excited. we to see my fam jam and my dog <laughs> You said you cats. didn't live far. Where do you live? I live in Pine Mountain, but I just oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> haven't had time to home. Oh, dude, that's not bad. Go home. <laughs> Come on. Go yeah. home.
1: Now, I live about an hour and a half away across the state in Henry County. Yeah. And right up to my H. Co. fellas.
0: Yeah, buddy.
1: Midterms.
0: Hit terms. I forgot those existed.
1: <laughs> Was that like next week? Sometimes. Most
0: people? I...
1: It's either like right before or right after the break. I, I know that. I just can't remember.
0: I don't think it would be right before. I feel like it's probably going to be right after.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All that study time. I'm not too worried about it. I've run this race a few times. How yeah.
0: About you? Um, I'm not like worried. Yeah. I'm, know it's midterm so I'm like uh, you know I kind of you know I don't know (laughs) yeah I didn't have like midterms or anything like this in high school it was just like you know nine weeks exams at the end of the first nine months of the semester
1: oh yeah college is definitely a bit different than high school yeah I kind of miss it though I don't a lot more writing on college I feel like (laughs) (laughs)
2: here with us is Dr. Anthony Wilson Dr. Wilson how you doing I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here. I'm a fan of the show from way back. I was here from day one, Yeah, so. yeah <laughs> it's nice. kind of a dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's start out. What is your official job title? What do you do? My official job title is Associate Professor, of English and Writing and Publication Studies, and I'm the Program Chair of Writing and Publication Studies. Okay. Wow. So what is WRPS? WRPS, well, it came about when we kind of assessed what we were doing in English, and we decided we need to make some conscious strides towards sort of modernizing our program and it wasn't so much about changing what we do because we do that all the time it was about kind of representing what we do in such a way that it appeals to students and sort of frames accurately our focus on process yeah that sounds kind of uh, academic but uh <laughs> really the difference is we kind of move from a model of saying okay here's the important stuff that you need to read because it's important uh-huh. uh, all of mm. us on some level believe that right yeah. To Here's stuff that we think you need to read so that you can learn how to do this, or write like this, or write in this mode. So it's about, you know, doing things with words more than about learning stuff and spitting it back at me. Uh-huh. I like that. Very academic. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to. I'll try to cool out a little bit. No, uh, academics.
1: you sound very smart right now. Well, thanks for <laughs> once, which is probably a good sign for a professor. <laughs> um, just a much more broad question. What did it take? for you to get here, to professorship. This is for um, all the students who are here uh, eventually trying to get to their master's and PhDs so they can profess at colleges, because I know that's that's what I'm trying to do.
2: Okay, okay. Um, well, you know, the field has changed a lot since, uh, you know, as young as and vibrant as I am since I was, uh, <laughs> was going through what you're going through. For me, I mean, this is always sort of the path that I was going to take, because both my parents were English professors, and it seemed oh, like wow. a really good wow. life. Um, and that's it is a really help. good life. So what it took was, you know, in college, uh, majoring in English <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and, uh, then, you know, doing what I could to position myself as best I could for a graduate fellowship, which I got at Vanderbilt. Um, and then five years of grind in grad school, which culminated in a dissertation that ultimately got published. Um, then going on the market and luckily finding a job at LaGrange. Nice. Nice.
0: Nice. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. I, I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's very helpful information because, uh, like I said before, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. So, yeah. Uh, big challenges you face. Uh, okay. Besides the financial aspect of, you know, college is expensive pretty right. much no matter what.
2: Big challenges right now. If I were going on the market right now, I'd want to be, make sure that I was conscious of the state of the field, right? It's tough right now to get hired in humanities. But, it's tough right now because there are all sort of budget cuts and COVID hit schools hard. And so, you know, a lot of times resources are going into uh, pre-professional stuff. Yeah. Like, what can I do with this degree? Because it's costing me, you know, everything I've got. And I need uh-huh. to, you know, and I think sometimes people don't recognize that English writing, that these are pre-professional kinds yeah. of things that you can go on and have a clear sort of job path afterwards. But be aware if you're trying to become a professor that it's going to be tight. There aren't going to be many positions. And like I say there's right. nothing. But you know, that the job market is gonna to be tough and you wanna make sure that you're as competitive as possible. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Be competitive. Be uh, outstanding. That's right.
1: Um so hobbies, pastimes, interests, question
2: mark. <laughs> hobbies. I have too many hobbies, Trevor. Yeah. Um I like to <laughs> not my legal play name guitar. Not your legal <laughs> name. Okay. Sure. <So, laughs> yeah, I do that to people <laughs> all the time. I like to play guitar, I like to cook. Um, I love movies, I love Dumb movies and smart movies. (laughs) I love, you know, all French musicals like I showed you in writing publications. I mean, in uh, writing about film. And I also love like John Wick and that kind of stuff. Um, What other hobbies do I have that I'm willing to admit? What hobbies do you have? Sometimes (laughs) I'll play the occasional video game, which is a little bit not really embarrassing. Yeah. (laughs) Not (laughs) academic. What's what's like the latest? Uh, So we've talked before. uh, Action RPGs. Go. I'm playing through Assassin's Creed Odyssey for honestly the third time because I never finished all the DLC because I'd get like 200 hours in and be like how many more times can I go around and assassinate all these people Um, but you know you go apparently to Elysium and to Hades and stuff in the late stages so jumping back on so I can fight Cerberus at some point
1: yeah it's a really cool historical like base game I love that whole series Um, personally I think they kind of sloped off when they started doing the more like hack and slash stuff but yeah but before it was like I was opening a history book and you know like in the industrial 1800s English one like you met like Charles Dickens yeah Charles Darwin and like
2: yeah like this one you meet Socrates and the, right you know all these different figures oh wow. ancient yeah, Greek history all the historical and you don't even kill them all so that's right. kind of cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you
2: know
1: like Thermopylae and stuff I've seen uh like high school prof- uh teachers Like, use that game to teach ancient Greece. I could totally see that. So you can, like, tour around as a little bird and, like, fly above all these hot spots and stuff. And,
0: like, that's a good way to keep high school students engaged. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I know when I was in high school, I was probably falling asleep in uh, (laughs) something. (laughs) But if you
2: can run around on the landscape, right, and get rewarded for finding these different places, it's a way to kind of get rewarded for
1: learning. It's really cool. That's really, that's why I like those, um, the 3D, like, virtual reality tours of, like, historical places. Yeah. It was yeah. really cool. It's
2: pretty fascinating that you can just drop yourself through Google Maps or whatever in the middle of, say, Paris and just walk around for a while, you know? Yeah, there was a small period of time where I was homeschooled,
1: and that was, like, everything was virtual tours <laughs> in, like, my history classes. It was really cool. Um, Do you have any general advice uh, for students... Uh, in the English slash WRPS field,
2: I think write as much as possible. Of course, um, build a portfolio, you know, that you can show somebody. Not just here's where I went to school. Here are the grades that I got, but mm. here are the things that I have done. Right here's how I actually do things with words, and uh, you know whether that means published work or whether it means just sort of collecting things that you've written in your classes. Always be ready to say, here's who I am and here's what I do as opposed to just, here's my transcript, see, I got A's in these courses. That's important too, obviously. Yeah. But being able to uh, to present yourself as a professional writer, ready to go, um, I think is really important. You know, that's mostly for people who aren't doing the grad school track, though it's important for that too. Yeah. Writing samples, a lot of times, are what gets you into grad school. So think of every assignment, particularly every major assignment that you do as a potential writing sample that might get you into grad school. I got into Vanderbilt because I wrote a paper on... What was it? Deleuze and Gattari, who were two French philosophers, and then about Ulysses by James Joyce and Taxi Driver, the movie with Robert oh, okay. De Niro. Um, wow, that's I really cool. I wrote it in overnight one night in sort of a <laughs> caffeine-induced haze, but <laughs> apparently but that it was good enough bad. that it got me in. <laughs> <so. Yeah>.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> I can remember a couple of your papers. I may or may not have... Uh, Overnight coffee haze. I think that's I think that's,
2: that's that's par for the course. I think walking out of the parking lot and seeing the sun come up and just being like, oh my god, I want to yeah. die. Is, you know, that's some point in your academic career, and that's it's how beautiful. It. And I, it, there's a <laughs> kind of <laughs> rare beauty it's, to it. It's just yeah. like respite from the
1: from the writing. It's just, hopefully
2: it's not all the time, but yeah. you know, it's every once in a while you got to have those nights. So, you're published,
1: right? Yeah. yeah. So, pr- professors have to be you know like uh, academically published. Tell us about uh, Swamp.
2: Okay, so Swamp is my second book. Um, first one was my dissertation. Okay. That's, that was called Shadow and Shelter, the Swamp in Southern Culture, and that's okay. very kind of lit crit kind of, uh, you know, academic. Swamp, though, my more recent single authored one is aimed at more general audiences. Um, mm-hmm. It's got a lot of pictures. It's about sort of ways that swamps have sort of signified or what they've meant in different cultures over the centuries, right? And different kinds of tropes that get attached to the swamp. And I separate it. Into different tropes, like, one of them is horror, talking about all the sort of fears of the swamps. One of them mm-hmm. is Fragmire, talking about practical obstacles that swamps have represented for, uh, you know, progress and that sort of thing. One of them is paradise, talking about how swamps are sort of elevated as pure nature and that kind of thing. Uh-huh.
0: How? I want like, to read it. Yeah,
2: have you ever seen that movie okay. uh, Princess and the Frog, the, like, readaptation of the story yeah. in, like, Louisiana? At some uh, point, yeah,
1: I did Louisiana. see that. Oh, man. I that's that's it. a really cool, like, visual... Uh, contrast to the swamp. You see it like this dark yeah. and like, evil. Exactly. It kind and of brings then you see in it, both like, those beautiful things. beautiful and like the the blooming flowers and the light shining off the constant water that's around you. It's really cool. <laughs> I
0: honestly thought you were going to say Shrek there for a second. I was like, I know that <laughs> yeah. movie. There's Shrek came also from the swamp. a swamp and Shrek. Yes. Get down to my swamp. <laughs> his <laughs> fortress
1: of solitude. That's my right.
0: swamp.
1: Cool. So, uh, Panther Talk listeners, if you know us, you know we like our trivia. So we have a special game for Doctor Wilson today. It's called "Who Said That," where Doctor Wilson here has to decide when we give him a quote whether these three authors said it. So the three authors are Mark Twain, John Steinbeck, and William Faulkner—all yeah. American literature, which is, I've been told, is your more expertise.
2: If I get all these wrong, am I fired? Yeah, <laughs> which, I don't know. <laughs> Certainly okay. won't look good. <laughs> awesome.
1: Cool. So, first one. Who said this? Wonder. Go on and wonder. Bruh.
2: <laughs> we... Okay. Um, That could conceivably have been any of those three. But I'm going to say Steinbeck. Really? <laughs> well, at at the... first, Sorry. to see what you say. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll oh, we'll pivot see. to uh, Faulkner. Fought... Yeah, yes, yeah. it is Faulkner. It's right. this, See, it's can have you, to, you kind of jab and then hook, you know, yes. you, you kind of find your reach and then yeah. Yeah.
1: tactic. <laughs> I forgot to mention, there's bonus points, if you can tell me where it comes from.
2: The complete works of William Faulkner. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: that's a good overall umbrella guess, but uh, it comes from The Sound and the Fury. Sound and the Fury, okay. Which I've
2: only read six times. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> try to give you an easy one, ma'am. <laughs> Dude, there's an art to this. The, the IDs I give you on the, the exams always have little, little triggers, little, uh, you know, keywords that should uh, spark something. Usually more than three words, too. Anyway, go.
1: <laughs> Here's our next quote. There is no sadder thing than a young pessimist except an old optimist. Sounds very Twainian. It's got to be
2: Mark
0: Twain.
1: It is wow. Twainian. Yes, that is Mark Twain. So... <laughs> I will go ahead and tell you for this one... That was from his personal
2: notebook. Yeah, he's so got a lot of it. Yeah, it's, I knew it wasn't Huckleberry Finn or uh, well, you know one of his Connecticut Yankee or something. Yeah, my because, dad was actually a Mark Twain scholar. Really? Oh uh-huh. wow! And uh, we stayed up at Mark Twain's house in Elmira, New York, oh, for okay. a couple of summers. Wow! So when you're doing research
1: for this episode, I did come across that. That's did actually you? Really cool. Okay,
0: yeah. Nice. Wow.
1: Uh, here's a quote: "I wonder how many people I've looked at all my life
2: and never seen." Ooh. Hmm. I like that one. First person, Mm -hmm. which is relatively rare among a couple of these authors. Is that one Steinbeck? That is Steinbeck. Yeah, buddy. Bonus points for
1: where it came from? I'm not going to be able to tell you that. The Pearl. No. No. (laughs) It's The Winter of Our Disconnect. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I read a lot of (laughs) books. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um. That reminds me I mean, do you have like a compiled list of like what English majors or, you know, people in general like should read?
2: See, that's the whole thing. That was a lot of what drove the shift to writing and publication studies. Uh-huh. There's always that temptation to say, okay, here are the things you absolute absolutely should read. And that list just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and becomes impossible. Right. Right? You can never read all the stuff you should read. I haven't I, read all I the stuff bad. I should
1: read. Yeah.
2: Um, So I have some things that I think would enrich your life if you read, Mm -hmm. but you know, I can't sit here and tell you because, you know, I'm sure if you talk to Dr. Doolin Mallory, who retired, you know, last year um, and was a medievalist, she'd have a totally different list of of things that she feels like everybody should read than I would. Um, So it's hard. I mean, I'd say read what catches your interest, read whatever you feel like. You feel like you should. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody talks about Mm -hmm. this. Everybody talks about this. Everybody says this will change your life. Read that stuff. And if you want a specific recommendation of one book, then I'm happy (laughs) to do that occasionally. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and say, here are the two dozen books you must read or else you're uneducated. Is it Swamp? (laughs) Yeah, Swamp would be the one (laughs) one book you should read. I better buy a couple of backup Um, copies.
1: Right, yeah. Here's our next quote. Be respectful to your superiors if you have any. Good. That sounds like Mark Twain as well. That is Mark wow. Twain. Yeah. That is from, uh, actually, can you tell me first? Uh One of those super vague ones.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think about his sort of didactic kind of when he's telling you what you should do. Something. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's from The Wit
1: and Wisdom of Mark Twain. Uh,
2: okay, so that's like a collection yeah. of stuff. It yeah, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs>
1: Another one of his, like, personal journal entries. And, yeah, He's sitting there, like, writing them and saying, somebody's going to think this is super deep later. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: isn't that weird that people would sort of sit there and just write... I mean, Ben Franklin did it too, right? He's yeah. to like, here are the ingredients of a good life, so go forth and do these things. They both had a sense of humor about it, which is important. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it is an interesting genre of just, you know, here are my rules for life. Yeah. Next quote. Anything that just costs money is cheap. Anything that just costs money is cheap. That sounds like Steinbeck. That is Steinbeck. Wow. Yeah, that's very good. Good job. Wow. Yeah. And for this one, there was no
1: uh, attached source material. We couldn't find where that was from. But
2: Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: I think it's another one of those pulled from somewhere, <laughs> yeah, of the time. It's not just one
2: of those like memes where there's throw a quote on his picture. And <laughs> well, yes. just trust me, he said it. You know? <laughs> What's your source?
1: I made it up. That's right. It's right here on his picture. All right. Last one
2: my mother is a fish oh come on <laughs> <laughs> that is the Faulkner quote yeah <laughs> I could, I could, I could of course talk yeah. for 45 minutes i won't but i could talk for 45 minutes about what that quotation means <laughs> and that is of course from as i lay dying of, yes that nice. Vardaman oh, nice. just says that in the middle of the novel the whole chapter is just that sentence my mother is a nice Whoa. and if you take my english 2207 class in the spring of next year we'll read that novel and you'll find all about why vardaman's mother is a fish nice. and jules mother is a horse sweet so if that doesn't sell it (laughs) on my mom's
1: just a neat lady (laughs) (laughs) all right dr. Wilson well it was very nice having you thank you for joining us on the show all right well thank you
0: so much thanks y'all all right so now we're gonna jump into the college tip of the week so this week's college tip is apply for work work study wow can't speak uh especially in your field or sport but Remember, you can only do this if you applied for federal aid. So if you did your FAFSA. FAFSA, yeah.
1: FAFSA. F- F-A-F-S-A? F-A-F-S-A? Yeah. I, yeah in yeah.
0: high school, they always said FAFSA, and I was like, that's not right. But, yeah, you can only we'll let it slide. do work study through federal aid and stuff, which is great. I'm a work study student, and I'm a yeah, student ambassador. me too.
1: Yeah. Nice. Update for sports from last week. Uh women's beach volleyball lost 0 5 four times against Carson Newman, Huntington, St. Andrews and Trent McConnell. Wow. Hope they're going to do a little better come next week. Men's cross lost 13 to 20 versus Hendricks. Oh, they wow. went out to uh, Arkansas for that one. Holy moly. Yeah, that was a far game. Yeah. Uh women's basketball lost uh 82 to 67 versus Belhaven. Men's basketball and this one tears me up. Yeah, lost seventy-one seventy versus Belhaven. Oh. Ah, God, I can't imagine. It's that's a hard one. Yeah, yeah.
0: losing on one point. Ugh.
1: We have here softball won uh eight to six versus Birmingham Southern, and then uh the coming game lost ten to two against Birmingham Southern. Yeah,
0: that doubleheader. Yeah, it was they won that first one? It was like a history making moment. Right, I saw it on their Instagram, and then. That second time they lost, and I know they played yeah, so hard. I know they always do. <laughs>
1: Had to have expended all that energy in the first one. Yeah, that's definitely hard.
0: But go Panthers,
1: go Panthers.
0: Yeah, so now we're gonna do a little interest group, college CE event, you know, update. Um, we have Yoga on the Hill again on Thursday, February 23rd um, at 1130 in the Jones Zone. And then a C event, a three-way conversation on the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, February 21st during contact hour 1115 to 1215 in the Lewis Library Multimedia Room. A Black History Month speaker, Earl Brown, cultivating inspiration and change, also on February 21st from 1230 to 130. And then it starts again at 130. Yeah, so two sessions of that and then a variety of celebration, black history through music, dance, and story on February 23rd from 520 to 7 in Beeson Recital Hall. All those sound very interesting. Yeah. If I have time, I'm definitely going to try and go check some of those out. Yeah,
1: definitely going to meet my CE requirements, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, this week.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And now Panther Talk is written by Trip Floyd, produced by Erica Hill and Kelton Hunt, audio engineering by Stevie Nicks, Audio editing by Keanthony Seals. Audio mixing and mastering by Eddie Montgomery. Graphic designs by Emily Childs. And music by Jacob Broom. Yeah. And a special thanks to Dr. Wilson for letting us interview him. And that's our show. Thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye for now,
1: and have a good one, Panthers. Bye, all Stay classy.